Good morning, good afternoon, or good evening, whatever time is most appropriate for you as you are tuning into this podcast. Welcome to a brand new day with Stephanie J. And of course, I am your host, Stephanie J. Delighted to have you, delighted to be able to have another opportunity to speak with you and share my heart on this day. This is the day that the Lord hath made. I will rejoice and be glad in it. What about you? I hope that you are rejoicing on today. If you are alive, if you can hear my voice, then make a choice to make it a good day. Because someone said, as I often like to remind you, any day above the dirt is a good day. So what does it mean to rejoice? Well, Webster tells me that it means to experience joy and gladness in a high degree, to be exhilarated with lively and pleasurable sensations, to exalt. And my acronym for rejoice is reach every day for the joy offered in Christ to everyone. That's right. It is available to each and every one of us. The Bible says, whosoever will, whosoever, are you a whosoever? You can be a whosoever today. All you have to do is choose, make the choice. He said, come, let him come. All ye that are weary and heavy laden, Jesus said, come unto me and I will give you rest. And I don't know about you, but I sure can use some rest. We are living in a day and time where there are just uncontrollable and sometimes unimaginable situations and circumstances that can just knock us out in left field. Some days you can walk around and I have been in these seasons where you just do not know if you are coming or going. Sometimes you just do not know which way is up. And unfortunately, a lot of people have made a choice and made a decision to end their lives because they just could not handle what was going on and for whatever other reasons that they made that decision. But if you are hearing my voice right now, please do not make that choice. There is a way, and even if you cannot see it right now, maybe you can't see your way out. I have been in some deep pits where I did not see myself coming out, but I'm here talking to you today. So please hold on. Please do not give up. Please do not take that route. There is a light at the end of the tunnel. If you would just keep on going through the tunnel, just right now, I had this thought, and this was probably, I say, one of the scariest times and moments in my life. I had about two or three of these incidents, and I'm speaking of traveling in my car in pitch black darkness. I mean, scary pitch black darkness, even with the lights on, could not see the road. I was in a part of Virginia one time. I wanted to go up this road and see where it led. And I'm in the car by myself. I worked in that area in Vienna and I always wanted to go up this road. 
And I go up there and there is nothing there in smack dab in the middle of the road. There's a gas station and it was a place where I did not want or need to be at that time of night. And I had no choice but to continue to travel on because there was nowhere to turn. I went up, got some gas in my car and I got the heck out of there as fast as I possibly could. I continued to see that sign on my way to work often. And I never had a desire to travel that road again. I don't even know what was beyond there, how the people live, what residential area. I did not care. It was spooky, scary darkness. There was another time I was traveling and I don't remember how I even got on this road. I remember traveling, coming back home from an area like Woodbridge or something like that. I, I mean, this was when I was new to Virginia and I'm just driving and driving and it gets dark and I'm traveling on these roads and I don't know where I am. And this was even before, um, GPS and stuff. I didn't have it. I'm, I'm talking, this is about a good 17, uh, almost 18 years ago. And I'm traveling and I'm telling you, I had to turn on this pipe to get back on this road no signs around me and it was pitch blackness and i mean i couldn't even see with the headlights on i didn't know what was around me i locked my doors and yes i was crying out to god oh lord jesus please just help me get get home help me to get off this road anything could have happened to me but guess what? Even in the midst of that darkness, and I am not exaggerating, I am talking about a darkness so dark and thick that you cannot see through. Well, I'm here talking to you today. It was scary. It was so frightening, but I made it through and not because of me. It was his hand upon me. He said, yea, though I walk, the psalmist said, yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil. Well, I'm not going to lie. I was fearful that night, but when I made it through, I vowed never to take that type of travel or go. And, you know, I kind of adhered to it, but not really. But even before that, back when I was in Pennsylvania, I decided to go out for a Sunday drive. And my daughter, for whatever reason, wanted to go along with me this particular Sunday. And I know she wishes that she would not have, but uh, my son stayed home and they were, you know, playing the game and doing some things. And I only meant for it to be a short little joy ride. And next thing I know, I'm turning off of this pike. It was um, at the time we lived in Norristown, Pennsylvania. So I drove, I drove up above Norristown and I went into like Trooper, Pennsylvania and some areas that I wasn't really familiar with, but I didn't really think much of it. And next thing I know, I made some turns. I, I can see this day so clear. This is about 20 years ago. I see this day so clear and I'm just driving and I, I had a lot on my mind at the time. And so I'm not really paying attention to what was going on and I'm driving and twisting and turning. And next thing I have no idea. It, oh, it was Collegeville, Pennsylvania as well. I drove through Collegeville and I'm seeing these areas that I'd never seen and I'm driving and, and I remember it's near the Christmas holiday. So I get this bright idea after I'm driving, I'm driving like over an hour, not paying attention to the signs, 
I decide to stop off at a Walmart and some other stores and, and my daughter and I, we went to lunch and I remember spending a lot of the cash that I had on me buying Christmas gifts. And I had, you know, some money in the bank and I'm just shopping like everything is okay. Well, it gets like early evening and I'm like, okay, come on, let's get on back, you know, and go ahead on home. Well, I had no idea just how far I turned out of the way, but I know as I was traveling, I saw a sign and I said to my daughter, oh my goodness, Amityville. Yeah. You know, there was this scary movie once, um, back in the seventies came out about this man. And she's like, mom, mom, I don't want to hear about it. Especially not being in Amityville. I said, okay, I'm sorry. I'm not paying attention. I start seeing all these signs that I'm not familiar with roadways. I'm nowhere near home. And guess what? I somehow wound up in the state of New York and I was in Amityville, New York. This was so bizarre, but as I'm driving around and I'm looking for familiar roadways and stuff, it starts getting dark. You know, it it got dark early. So I'm talking like the six, seven o'clock hour. And we ended up on these roads. I saw a um, a Bethlehem, and I'm still to this day not sure if that was Pennsylvania or New York. I am traveling all up and down these roads, and I'm looking for help. I'm not passing anything or anyone. And at that time, you know, I was a young woman, had my daughter in a car. I was too afraid to approach anyone or just stop anywhere. And I was praying and my daughter was crying and she was upset and we drove for hours and I'm talking pitch black roads and it was dark. And I was, you know, I was in my Jeep at the time. And so I finally found a place to stop and I'm just out of it at this time. And I'm just, you know, I'm asking the, the attendant, I'm like, can you tell me where I am? I'm, I'm lost. I came from Pennsylvania and she stopped me. He said, new Jehovah. To this day, I don't know where I was. And this lady comes in from nowhere in the back of me. And she says, oh, honey, you're nowhere near Norristown. Honey, you got to go out to this and you got to take this road down. And you, and she's telling me all these ways I need to go. And I'm ta- telling you, it was a pitch black road. We had to travel and travel and travel even to get back to a familiar highway. I was afraid. My daughter was afraid. I was trying to keep a brave face on. I tried to keep the music playing. Oh, that was an experience. I never want to experience anything like that again. And I really haven't since. I try to be a little more careful. I used to be really adventurous in driving. So even when I moved to Virginia, you know, we get in a car and I just, you know, I don't really get lost because if I do turn off somewhere, I turn it into an adventure to see what's, you know, what's around. And that's how I became so familiar with so many different areas. But oh my goodness, you want to talk about extreme darkness and even uh, situations of hopelessness and despair. I remember that feeling, but The fact that I'm sitting here all of these years later in my home, in front of this microphone, talking to you by way of what is the new wave of communication by podcast, it lets you know that everything worked out 
all right. And I, <laughs> I guarantee you, I'm not as adventurous these days. So I said that to say to each and every one of you who may be listening to my voice, oh, life is rough. We go through some things. Yes, we do. People say all the time, oh, you know, if you're living the Christian life, I've read it in books. I've heard it. Oh, it is such a joy. And the Lord just walks with me and everything is just great. And, you know, Jesus just fights my battles. Yeah, but you got to get in that fight too. Yes, you do. The Bible says fight the good fight of faith. Don't sit there and listen to the lies of the enemy and make yourself believe that you're going to have an easy walk. But to me, it gets easier and it gets better because you're not walking alone and you know that he's with you. But guess what? Like the Hebrew boys, you have to get down in that fire sometimes. It is not just going to be a bed of roses. Everything is not going to be peachy and creamy and dreamy. Oh, you're going to have some battles. You're going to have some battle scars. You're going to go through some hurts. You're going to have disappointments. You're going to have some days where you're going to wish that you were dead. Sometimes I used to think, it probably would be easier to just check out and, and not have to deal with all of this. If this is how life is going to be, I can remember in my younger years asking God that, just take me out of here. Just take me home. If I have to deal with ABC, if it doesn't get any better than this, if, if your promises don't manifest and this is what I have to walk through all of these seasons, just take me home. Just help me get it right. Make sure I'm okay and take me home to be with you. And I can remember the feelings of waking up that next day and I was like, oh, so you still have a plan for me, huh? And I just get up and you just do it all over again. But I'm learning as I get older, you have to make choices and decisions. You have to change some of the things that you do. Some of the things that we end up in, we would never end up in or never had landed in like Adam and Eve had we not made that choice. So come on, hang in there. I know it's tough. I know things look bad, but it will get better. Even if it's at the end, even if we get down to the last leg of the race, hey, if you hang in there, the Bible says, he who endures to the end shall be saved. If you reign with him when this is all over, then we have a new heaven and a new earth to look forward to. And we'll be in a place where there's no need of light because the father and the son will be the light. We have a place that will be paradise, just like, but I'm sure much better and far greater than anything that was ever in that garden. We're going back there again. So let's just take a second, few minutes to look again at Genesis chapter three, talking about the Adam syndrome. Now we turned the focus off of Eve so much. We know what she's done, but now let's look at Adam. I talked about after they partook of the fruit. And then the Bible says that God called out to them and asked where they were. They hid themselves 
in the garden, the very same garden that they used to have fellowship, that they used to feel comfortable, that they were both naked and unashamed, the Bible said. Now they've realized after their eyes have been opened, after they disobeyed and partook of the tree that God warned Adam first and foremost not to partake of, now they realize that they're naked and they are ashamed and they are running and hiding from God behind the tree. And he called them, he called out to them. And Adam said, hey, I ran, I heard your voice because I was naked. And then God just straight up asked them in verse 11, um, who told thee that thou was naked? How'd you find that out? Did you eat of that tree that I commanded that you should not eat of? And then we know Adam passed the buck. He did the blame game. He put it on Eve. He put it on God. That woman that you gave to be with me, she gave me of the tree. I didn't do anything wrong. She gave it to me. You knew this was going to happen if you gave me this woman. <laughs> and then the Lord went to Eve and he said, okay, so what is this that you have done? And then she said, well, it was a serpent that beguiled me. God left her. And then he went straight to the serpent in verse 14. And he said, now, because you have done this, this is your judgment. And he cursed the serpent. It says, upon your belly, you shall go and you shall eat dust all the rest of the days of your life. And then verse 15 says, and I will put enmity between thee and the woman and between thy seed and her seed, which the seed that he was talking about was not righteous Abel, uh, Adam and Eve's um, second born. It was the seed of Jesus Christ that we know the gospels tell us was born of Joseph, but of the seed of the Virgin Mary. Um, I don't have time to get into all of that. Read it, read through the gospels, get some good teachings from someone that you trust um, to really break that down and explain it. I talked about it more in some you know, past episodes. I do not have time to go there today, but God made a promise. He spoke and he is even to this day still bringing it to pass. We know that this was fulfilled on the cross Satan thought he crushed the hill of Jesus when he killed him on that cross. But the Bible says, and he'll crush your head. So we see this playing out even through the gospels, through the Old Testament, um, through the gospels, uh, Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. We see the early church formation after Jesus was resurrected. We see this being carried out and we still have that same commission and that command today, but yet the world is in utter chaos and confusion. Uh, the body is in confusion about their position or our position in Christ and what we are called to do. And so in order to find out about a product, the best thing to do, like, my um, washer and dryer was just installed today and the maintenance man left a packet on the table for me. He said, here, here's all your instructions and things. So if I want to know anything about my new washer and dryer, because it is different from the last one that they took out, much better, 
you know, I see more buttons and things like that. But if I want to know about it, the best thing for me to do is to go to that manual and that guide and see what I should and should not do in order for this washer and dryer to function properly. Now I could go to the maintenance man and ask him questions. He may or may not be able to answer but just because he installed it does not mean that he knows about the product. He knows how to install it. He was trained to do that. So if I really want to maximize and get the optimum use out of this new equipment, I probably should read that manual. So you and I probably should go to the word of God to find out what it is that's going on, what it is that we should and should not be doing. He gave it to us. So why not utilize it? That's what I'm saying today. So it's a whole lot in these verses. It is so much in here, but let's look at Adam here. It says in verse 16, unto the woman Eve, he said, I will greatly multiply thy sorrow and thy conception. And he definitely did do that in sorrow and thou shalt bring forth children. Let me read that again. It says in sorrow, thou shalt bring forth children and thy desire shall be to thy husband and he shall rule over thee. And my Bible says, or be subject to thy husband. A lot of people read that. And I, I mean, I, again, I'm talking about what I've heard, what I've read and a lot of people feel or believe or preach and teach like Eve is so far below Adam because of this verse, because she disobeyed, because she ate of the tree. Now your husband shall rule over you. But that is not really what the Bible was saying. He's saying things are going to get twisted. Things are going to be kind of upside down now because you disobeyed the natural order of how I created things. Because remember, I've said this again and again, God created them. Go back to Genesis chapter one. It says, and he created them, male and female. He created and he made them. And it says, and God said unto them, be fruitful, multiply. He gave Eve the same command. It says in chapter two, verses 20 and 21, that after Adam got finished naming everything that God had placed in the garden and, you know, he gave all of the animals names, it says, and for Adam, there was no, no one found, no helpmate, nothing comparable to him, no one that he could talk to and share with, you know, except the animals. And so God then in 21 performed the first surgery. He put Adam to sleep. He formed and fashioned Eve out of a rib that he removed from Adam. And then he placed her right there by his side, brought her unto Adam to see what he would call her. The Bible says Adam named her. God did not, even though he did this, he did not construct and do every little thing. He gave Adam free will and free choice. So it says, and Adam said in verse 23, this is now bone of my bones, flesh of my flesh. She shall be called woman because she was taken out of man. So Adam named Eve, but they both had the responsibility of creating and taking 
dominion. So people often talk about, and again, I've read it. I've read tons of books. I've heard tons of messages. I've read blogs. You know, people always say because of the fall, Adam is now over Eve and the woman is supposed to listen to the man and this and that. And that. Well, I always ask, look, so what did Jesus do on a cross? Because my Bible, the one that's sitting in front of me, I have another one on my desk over here on the table. I have Bibles and I've read plenty of Bibles and it tells me that Jesus came to redeem us from the curse of the law. It is written, curses everyone who hangs on the tree. Jesus came to restore. Jesus restored us back to the father. So he put us back in right relationship. So doesn't that even include Eve? I, I just always wonder, wasn't she restored as well? That's just a question that I'm asking. You ponder that, you meditate on that. I'm satisfied with the answers that I have come up with through the years in my study and you know, through the word of God. We have been restored right. We we put on his righteousness because of what Jesus Christ did. It's not about what we did. So in all actuality, it's not even about what Adam and Eve did. God undid that when Jesus came for that very purpose and restored us back to right relationship with the father. So when God looks at us, he sees the blood where if you belong to him, if you are a believer, if you have made your calling and election sure, you are covered and that brings you back into right relationship. And therefore you can go boldly to the throne of grace. You do not have to go to God cowering. We do not have to go under the shadow of what Adam and Eve did we need to know we need to understand and we also need to apply it to our own walk and our own lives of you know when god says something we need to learn how to listen we need to learn to obey in fact the bible says for it is better to obey than to sacrifice so we need to learn the lessons the old testament is a type and a shadow of things to come but I am not, I don't know about you. I am not living under the condemnation of what Adam and Eve did anymore. I'm grateful for Jesus Christ. The Bible tells me in Romans that I am an heir of God and a joint heir with Jesus Christ. So my position has changed. So we're looking at this, but that doesn't mean that we have to sit back and, and, and be dictated by women, I'm talking to you right here. You don't have to let a man or, you know, sometimes especially these religious men, these super spiritual men, they read through these scriptures and they put all kinds of things on us, all kinds of burdens like the Pharisees bondage. You know, you, you're not supposed to wear makeup and you're not supposed to wear uh, this and you need to wear long skirts and you need to be subject and you need to listen to your husband and you need to, and women are to teach and women are, hey, Get into the word of God and work out your own soul salvation before him because that's what the Bible tells you to do, okay? You heard it from me. That's my word for you today. Get into the word of God and see what he's saying about you today. Where is your walk? Where's your relationship? As Adam and Eve did, can you hear him? God is speaking. He's always talking, but are you listening? Are you trying to hear what he's telling you so that you can heed and obey. So we see that they did not do it. 
And so this was the consequence. I've heard people preach all kinds of messages that Adam and Eve was cursed. I don't see that. That's just me. I see that they reap the consequences as the word of God says. It says in verse uh, 17, and unto Adam, he said, because thou hast hearkened, because you listen to your wife more than you listen to me, because you put more weight on what your wife had to say than what I said to you. This is what God said and has eaten of the tree of which I commanded thee saying thou shalt not eat of it. Cursed is the ground for thy sake. I don't see where he said you're cursed, Adam, because remember he had already blessed them and God blessed them and said unto them, be fruitful and multiply. So it said, cursed is the ground for thy sake in sorrow shalt thou eat of it all the days of thy life. And we saw and we see in our lives, not only is the man out there working and laboring hard, uh, women are out there too. I've been out there for years. I've been there, done it. Thank God. God has relieved me and released me from a lot of that that I used to do, but I've been there. I've done it. I've raised kids, put them in the daycare, worked on the clock, you know, all kind of hours. I've even done a, a, a graveyard shift from uh, 9.30 in the evening until 5.30 in the morning at Smith Klein. So I know, I understand this, this is the consequence of their actions. So God said, okay, basically, and my time is running down, I'll end it here. I provided, I've given you everything. You were living in paradise, but because you obeyed the rule, disobeyed the rules of the house, now you're going to have to leave and you're going to have to work and toil for what I have freely given you. And that's where we are today. I'm going to pick up and do one more episode right after this. So I'll be speaking to you momentarily. You be richly and abundantly blessed and thank you so much for your time.